Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to today's show on World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from College Station, actually, in, in Texas, which is where one of my grandchildren is, and we've come to visit, so that that's always a joy. Today, it's also a joy to welcome spiritual teacher Amoda Ma to the show. Uh, we'll discuss her new book, which has a fascinating title, Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. I love it. And uh, it presents her essential teachings, which we'll find out about in a moment. Um, Amoda Ma shares a, a fresh approach to the age-old search for spiritual freedom, and uh, I love the counterintuitive quality of it, which is similar to other non-dual teachings that we've covered on on this show. Um, but but it really um, it forces us to look in a, in, a, in a little bit different way, maybe to to the usual way we look at our spiritual practice. Um, after after years of her own personal seeking and meditation and immersion. In psycho-spiritual practices, she experienced a profound inner awakening centered in the silence of her innermost being. And today she teaches from that silence. And this is lovely, isn't it? Because in Unity, we talk about going into the silence of our being. Jesus talked about it. Many of the great masters who have uh, put it into practice in direct experience have, have talked about that same silence. Uh, although she studied with a number of teachers, including Osho, formerly Rajneesh, um, her teach teachings do not belong to any tradition or lineage and are accessible to all. I love that. And it fits in again with uh, Unity's sort of little bit of an iconoclastic view, you know, breaking beyond patterns, traditions, formulas, whatever. And so it's a true joy to welcome Amoda Ma. Jivan to today's show. Welcome. Glad you're with us. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. Thank you for having me on your show, Paul John Roach. Lovely to meet <laughs> you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, summed up for me, it, the, the teaching is, uh, well, it's a number of things, but I love the idea of reject nothing, welcome everything, right? That um, Sometimes we tend to think, you know, if I could only get rid of my foibles or my ego fixations or my sadness, my suffering, you know, and enter this place of, of purity and bliss, um, then all, all would be well. Um, but, but you're saying that that's, that's sort of not going to happen, right? As long as you're embodied, 
you're, you're always going to have a certain degree of, of struggle, suffering, and it's kind of the flavor of who you are this lifetime. And, and so it's not about um, trying to get over it. it it's, it's a whole different approach, yeah? So reject nothing, welcome everything, a sort of integration, a, a willingness to let be, right? Yes. I mean, what I'm what I'm sort of really referring to is when we focus on the personhood and its foibles or its problems or the things that we don't like, there's always something about the personhood that we want to perfect or refine or improve. That's a that's a self-improvement project. And that is a endless um, and be not the place or the doorway, the point where awakening from the dream of self, from the dream of personhood takes place. Yeah. So something right. else is something it's not it's not just about accepting our imperfections. It is about accepting our imperfections, but it's actually more radical than that. It's it's not even that's not where the spiritual search is the spiritual search for true fulfillment for true um uh, awakening out of the dream of separation is is not in the person not to be found in the personhood so it's looking in a different direction it, so it's it's a little bit like um, you know Ramana Maharshi uh, self inquiry. You know who am I, right? If we're if we're looking at uh, humanness, we're or as you say, the dream of separation. If we're looking in that direction, um, it, it's it's endless, right? There, there's no there's no end to all the work that we have to do. And I'm involved with the community in the, in West Wales um, called Scandervale. It's it's a ecumenical community, but based in Hinduism, and and they're very much into the the fact that this is the long haul. You know that uh, there is no immediate path. There's no immediate awakening. Uh, that that's foolishness to think that. You know you have to. It's a long slog. Well. I don't. I don't really subscribe to that because I, I know there's discipline involved, right? But I also think that, uh, that that's almost buying into the idea. If you want to prolong it, go ahead. You you know, if you want to make it a long path, it can be a long path, right? But but it doesn't have to be. Am I correct in that? Uh, that's certainly my experience. Just just kind of addressing what you said about the the the, the self inquiry, the the who am I? That's exactly what I'm referring to. It's about. Uh, you know, freedom, awakening out of the dream of separation is about getting to the root of, um, or rather to the source of, of who we are or what we are, rather. So that's, that's the unraveling or the cutting through the illusion of identity. We could talk more about that, but <laughs> I'm just going to jump to the second part of what you said, um, which is, Yes, uh, the, the idea that um, discipline, effort, progress on the spiritual path, the long slog, um, is the, the way, is a big fat illusion. <laughs> um, uh, it, may, it may be a long path. Um, of course, it's not, it's not a quick fix, but there is a direct... Um, 
availability of that which is true as what we are beyond identity. And I know from my experience that that was available in an instant. That doesn't um, that doesn't deny or negate the um, kind of tilling of the soil that went on for many years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Right. It, uh, I like to think of it like a cross. You know, the, the the horizontal part of the cross is is our linear lives that we're progressing through. But at every moment, there's the vertical, which which is the timeless and. And so, you know, where they intersect is that timeless moment. And you can be slogging along, but when you have an awakening or an opening, then then you're in you're in the perfection, or maybe perfection is the wrong word. You're in the wholeness of of who you are, right? You're in that embrace, and and that's available at any time, really, because in truth, there's no, you know, there is no time, right? It's a yes. it's, it's a construct. That's right. It's available in any moment because that moment is an eternal, uh, eternal now. Um, where that cross intersects is that um, there's also the kind of uh, illusion or idea that a glimpse of awakening is enough. And that's where the horizontal um, is part of the picture that's where the tilling of the soil that's where the work that we may have done um, not to perfect ourselves but to harness our capacity to look inwards and be honest with ourselves about what stands in the way of a deeper truth what stands in the way of an innermost um, uh, truth as the openness of consciousness as the openness of awareness and that's where we do the work and if that work is not done either before or after awakening then there can be all sorts of um uh not problems but kind of various obstacles or veils that we need to still work through so that's where the two intersect right yeah that makes perfect sense and uh, i you know i i in my experience, I've, I've come across some people who, you know, have, have sort of half done, if you like, and and I've known aspects of myself like that too. You know, <laughs> you think you're more advanced than you are, perhaps. You know, you've had those moments of openness, and uh, but you haven't fully integrated them in, into ordinary everyday reality, and, and so there's that that disconnect, and then things can sort of stre- uh, hit you, uh, blindside you, right? You th- you mm-hmm. think you think you've got it. Uh, you think you've got the, an idea of it, but maybe, wait a minute, there's more, there's more work to be done here. Mm. Mm. Yes, as, as long as you think you've got it, then, then that's not the whole. <laughs> you haven't got anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lovely line, I think it's in your introduction. It's, it struck me when I read it. Um, it says, uh, available when you meet this moment with curiosity instead of conclusion. And I just love that, the, the phraseology of that. You know, available when you meet this moment with curiosity. And I, I, I'm thinking it's childlike, you know, it's that childlike wonder of approaching your life. Um, Jesus talked a lot about children and, you know, that they were close to the kingdom of heaven and whatnot. And it's it's uh, it's not the naivety of childhood, but the sort of the, the innocence, the openness, as you mentioned in your book, the tenderness of it. 
and uh, they have been encrusted over with all the the hides of habit, you know, yet. And um, I love that idea with curiosity rather than conclusion, because, you know, conclusion is kind of dead, isn't it? Once we've concluded something, um, there's no further progress. You know, there's there's no there's no wonder left. There's there's no uh, curiosity. Mm. My my experience of uh, awakening, um, you know, the end of the the dream of, of self as as the center, <laughs> um, was that was and continues to be that the mind the mind that comes to a conclusion, yeah, the the, the basic function of small mind. Uh, not not uh, vast mind, but small mind, the ego mind. Um, its basic function is to come to a conclusion, to analyze, to compartmentalize experience, to put it in this box and then this box, to compare it with the past, to um, put it into a category of good, bad, wanted, unwanted, um, and so on and so on. Uh, so it's a divided state, and that's the basic function of mind that runs most of humanity in its uh, unconscious state, uh, in its sort of sleepwalking state, we might call. And uh, after awakening, when awakening is not a glimpse, but is uh, sort of cuts right through to the core of, of self, my direct experience is that the mind has no more any position the mind has no more any footing or standing. It has no platform to stand on. It's an open-ended meeting of what is, which is what I mean by curiosity. It's um, not a curiosity that just comes from the kind of thinking mind, but, but a curiosity that really points to that uh, openness of our true nature. Yeah, openness of that which is always more here, uh, more essential, more primary than any thought that arises. And when we meet life in that way, which happens uh, organically after awakening, in, in my experience, um, it's it's a, it's a meeting of the unknown, meeting in the unknown, meeting in the unknown. And that's definitely not naivety and it's not ignorance. It's a very fresh and direct and unfiltered, unveiled uh, meeting of reality. And that creates a very different um, experience of life and also ends the division of um, a righteous mind, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Righteousness is the conclusion, yeah? And that's what, what we see everywhere in the unconscious state, either in ourselves when when we're still in the unconscious state, uh, or in humanity, and that's the the, the root of uh, uh, disagreement, uh, argument, uh, violence, war, and so on and so on. It's funny you should bring that word righteous up because uh, my wife and I were traveling this morning down the highway. <clears throat> excuse me down the highway and, and talking about righteousness and how it could be just a trap, you know, when we, when we get righteous about anything, um, we've kind of lost it, you know, because that we have something to prove, right? We have, uh, mm -hmm. or something to defend. And, and it seems to me this state with you're talking about, or this approach, um, cause maybe it's not a state as such, but this, this approach is, is delightful, isn't it? It's it. And it, it seems to me to be extremely compassionate, you know, we, we have, 
endless compassion for others, but also for ourselves, you know, and our, and our foibles and whatnot. And um, we, we're very, I like the words you use, tender. We're very tender with ourselves, you know, not soft and gushy, like, um, you know, silly with about it, but, but in the sense that we really have empathy and, and understanding for the, the trials and tribulations of what it means to be, you know, going through this life experience, basically. Yes, absolutely. It's it's the it's the basis. This openness, this uh, this that we're speaking of, is um, the basis of compassion, true compassion. It's the basis of kindness, and it's the basis of um, uh, ending violence, ending the inner violence towards ourselves or the inner violence mm-hmm. towards others. I mean, we can still you know, have different likes and dislikes, we can still agree or disagree on some level, but that's not um, the position that we stand on. And it's it's not about just kind of ignoring our own truth, which there's always a personal truth somewhere, but it's a much, much more uh, open and true way of seeing um, that um, ends all all violence ends all division, ends the argument with what, what is. And it's only the divided mind that, that argues with, with reality. Now, people are always trying to um, work out what Jesus meant by turning the other cheek, you know, and they had to come up with various uh, convoluted ideas about what that might mean. And uh, but I think it's a very simple approach. It's, it's what you're saying, you know, when you're, when you're in that openness, um, you know, you, you can turn the other cheek, you know, you, you, you don't have to defend. There, there's a, a freedom there that, that um, is quite revolutionary, right? Because it's, yes. um, it's, it, it, it uh, confounds, you know, it confounds all the expectations that we might have about a situation, for instance, or about ourselves or even about others, you know. We, we can look and say, hey, I don't have to approach this situation that way anymore you know that there's there's a wonderful freedom available to us all here that that it, that enlivens everything and, and is quite joyous and um and, and transformative I, I i have the feeling that uh jesus you know laughed a lot because i think he was always in this consciousness and 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 uh it, it wasn't laughing at people it was just laughing at the um you know how, how wonderful everything is, and yet we obscure it with all our fretting and all our, yes. our whatever it is. I want to talk about something that happened to me recently, um, and get your insight on this. Um, I, and I, for many years, I've been fascinated and confounded by the the accumulation of life. You know, the fact that we are we accumulate so many experiences, uh, events, whatever, and they're special to us, right? So we, we want to hold on to them. Um, and yet there's also that idea of divesting ourselves of these things, you know, of, of um, letting go of the story or whatever. And I came across a school register when I was in uh, infant school, I think first grade year in the, in the States. And uh, it, uh, there was my name, you know, on the list and everything. And I, and I began to look at look at this and I think, who was that? Who is that person? <laughs> is that me? And uh, in a way it is, but in a way it wasn't, it, you know, and it, it was sort of uh, a, a sense of detachment from that 
uh, person who, who would, you know, had all those experiences. And it was a year before my, my sister died and I had my first mystical experience. But um, it, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy, isn't it, between um, all the things that we are, right? And yet this freedom of not needing to be anything. And and there's, I know I'm asking a lot of questions all at once here, but the, the final thing is um, in the book, you, you somebody asks, you know, do you still have a personality after you become awakened? And um, you say, of course, you know, you, that's the, the, the flavor of who you are. That is, you know, that's your embodiment. Um, but you're no longer perhaps limited by it or attached to it in the same way. Um, so it's it, it's it's okay to have an accumulation, right, of um, all these flavors that we've experienced in our lifetimes uh, that make us uniquely us, right? So, but the, but the how do we um, balance that with being free? Um, good question. Uh, of course, we have experiences to the you know there's a there's a kind of um uh you know in in the world of non-duality which is kind of the world that i <laughs> very much uh inhabit in terms right. of teaching and the circles that i'm involved in there's this whole thing about there's nobody here nothing happened and all this right, right. and and yes 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 on the on the absolute level that that's that's right but let's be realistic here that the, the absolute and the relative are, are not separate. So on a relative level, of course, we have a history. Of course, we have a biography. Of course, there are experiences that that have fed into who we are now, what we have learned, what we have matured into and all of this. Um, but in freedom, yeah, the freedom that comes from awakening out of the dream of personhood. Your identity is not derived from that. You are neither a victim nor a special person because of the experiences you've had. You're, yeah, the human experience is one of brokenness. There's always a broken story, something right. with hurt or woundedness or loss or whatever it might be. Every single human being will experience some degree of what I call brokenness. That's the relative world, the, the relative reality of life. Yeah, there's loss, there's gain, there's up, there's down, there's birth and death and so on and so on but freedom is the the, the knowing not a, not an, <clears throat> excuse me not on an intellectual level but in the depth of being when it's been realized the knowing of true nature as that which is unbroken which means that your identity is not derived from your history of what happened or what didn't happen what you got or what you lost or what you succeeded in or what you failed in this is all the richness the rich tapestry that is part of a human life and right. that embraced and allowed but your identity is not derived from that because you, who you are is the am, the I am. Who you are is the unbroken presence that is always here throughout the whole of that tapestry. And that's freedom. Right, exactly. 
Well, there's a, there's a line, let's see if I can find it, that um, speaks to me in that regard that you, you wrote. Um, I'm going to have to look it up, see if I get it right. You can remind me if it's not quite right. Um, the, the beloved, you know, the, the, the essence of love or whatever is inside my experience or every experience, perhaps it was. But I, I love that idea, you know, it's, it's right in the midst of this, right? Yes. Um, I use the word beloved or love or presence or awareness. They're all slightly nuanced, um, not differences, but angles on the same uh, essential truth. Right. Which I've boiled down in some ways to the word openness, our essential nature as open awareness. We can also call it silent awareness. That doesn't mean there's nothing happening or there's nobody here. It means this open awareness, this presence, which is open awareness, is always here throughout all experience and it is primary it is primary to experience. It is primary to any thought. It is here prior, I should say, to any thought that arises, prior to any feeling that arises, and prior to any experience that arises. When we fully realise that, and again, I say not intellectually, but as a visceral experience, a full mm -hmm. sense, then it's the end of the identification with story. It's the end of identification with the story of your life or the, you know, the dream of your life. Although that story continues, but it right. continues in a very different way. It, you become, it's like the personhood that experiences the story becomes transparent, becomes permeable. So you're still a vehicle, you're still a kind of vessel through which that, um, what you call your life, or rather life flows through you and you experience it as your life. Yeah, the story of your life, the, the, the tapestry of your life. But the vehicle that it flows through is, is permeable. Which yeah, I love, flows, I love that. Yeah, it flows unimpeded. You're not holding on to it. You're not clinging to it. You're not creating yourself out of that story. It's the end of the personhood that keeps on finding its identity in the relative realm in the relative dimension you're yes. rooted you're rooted in the absolute yes yeah yeah we're coming to the end of the first segment but i love that word permeable you know that like a sieve it lasts through the water you still have a sense of self uh, in a relative way but but who you are truly is the light flowing through this um well i'm with uh i'm, I'm Audemars. we're talking about her book falling open in a world falling apart join us after these messages from Unity, we'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. 
So welcome back to today's show. It's a real treat because we're with spiritual teacher Amoda Ma, and she's speaking, as always, from the heart about uh, these wonderful truths of openness and presence. And her book, her latest book, is called Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. And uh, one of the lines I like, we talked about brokenness a little bit. You know, everything's broken, said Bob Dylan. He was right. Um, and that's okay. Everything's broken. Another another musician, I, we talked in the break about musicians, but uh, Leonard Cohen said there's a, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So uh, this idea of brokenness is, um, you know, common to many, I think. But I love this quote, uh, what is broken is the doorway to gold. And uh, we're not talking about accumulation of wealth. We're talking about that golden joy, that, that wholeness that, uh, that is um, without uh, the most precious thing, like Jesus's pearl of great price, right? Um, but I love that. What is broken is the doorway to gold. It seems so many of us have, uh, you know, had traumas or illnesses, uh, being broken down, broken open in order to receive this message, this new understanding. Um, there's a level of complacency within us, isn't it, the human being, um, that, that won't wake up until, you know, we're forced to do so. In, in the 12-step program, they talk about, you know, bottoming out before you can get uh, clean and sober. Um, why is that, do you think? Why, why are we so resistant to this since it is our natural... Uh, essence um i i i i think it's the ego self that is resistance to right this. um because that the, the the mechanism of the ego self is always looking for a sense of fulfillment whether that uh -huh. fulfillment comes from the gratification of um, you know pleasure you know sensory pleasure or you know worldly pleasure or whether that uh, fulfillment is coming from some satisfaction in terms of achievement or um, status or recognition um, or the right relationship or finding love or finding <laughs> success so it's always looking for some sense of fulfillment Right. And, and and that fulfillment has a kind of uh, picture that goes with it, the picture of perfection, the picture of things going the right way, the picture of me being uh, a good person or a perfect person or a clever person or a successful person. Because the, 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 the core wound of unworthiness or unlovability that comes from uh, the separation, the subtle separation that takes place when we're born out of the womb into the world of form is always there. And unless that's addressed, unless that's met, not by perfecting ourselves or moving away from it, but by really just being with it, being with it in in just meeting it being kind to it allowing it yeah which might be experienced as a as a sense of desolation or a sense of devastation or a inner kind of landscape of barrenness 
unless that's met, then there's nothing fertile, there's no growth, there's no wholeness, there's, there's no discovery of that which is more true than that unworthiness or that unlovability or that imperfection or that separation. That's what I mean by the, the, the doorway. Uh, brokenness is a doorway to, to, to wholeness. Yeah? And I know that from my experience. It's only when right. I've surrendered surrendered to uh, a kind of inner darkness, a darkness which was a landscape that seemed very barren, very empty, very um, abandoned, yeah, that I got close enough to the core wound of separation from existence itself, which is what I mean by the being born into the world of form. <laughs> born as consciousness into the world of form there's a subtle separation that takes place um, it was only when I surrendered to that when I gave myself to that you could call that the dark night of the soul that uh, a deeper truth revealed itself in that I am not separate from anything how can I be separate from existence and that dissolved all sense of personal unworthiness or unlovability or rejection or anything like that. Right. It seems to me that my some of my greatest openings have come when I've been aware of my own stupidity, uh, if that makes sense. Like, like owning up to something or seeing it for what it is. Uh, yielded a greater opening than, you know, bathing myself in affirmations saying, you know, you're a beautiful child of God, you're a spiritual being, whatever. Um, you know, just just being honest about <laughs> some of the silliness and nonsense that goes on, um, you know, jettisoned me to another level of awareness, you know, which was quite freeing. Um, and I, I think this is what you're talking about. Uh, at least that's my experience of it. And um so really, everything is grist for the mill, right? Every everything that happens is not a problem unless we unless we label it a problem. It, it could be the greatest opening of all, you know. And uh, but it's counterintuitive because we we want to hide away from those nasty parts of ourselves, you know, where you want to crawl under the carpet because you were so silly. Um, but really, those under the carpet moments could be the the most revealing. Yes. Yes, everything. Everything that is revealing itself in your individual experience is the beloved, is an invitation to soften into it, to surrender, to, to be with it, to not come to a conclusion about it. The running away is coming to a conclusion. Everything. It doesn't mean we have to go digging around for it. But it means that if it's if it's emerging, if it's coming into your 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 awareness, into your felt sense, and there's a feeling of resistance towards it or pushing it away, suppressing it, repressing it, then the invitation of awakening is to end the attempt to push away, to reject, to deny, and just say yes, welcome. Yes. <laughs> And you talk about it in terms of wildness too. You know, I think there's many people who are seeking the wild. You know, whether it be in the 
the outer, they're pushing, they're doing extreme sports or, or they're, they're being wild in their the sexual life or whatever it is. Um, maybe that's a sort of a yearning for this wildness. But the wildness that you're, you're referencing is, is this um, completely unconditioned state, right? Um, where, where there's no boundaries of um, conformity or whatever to a, to a certain story or idea about ourselves that, that we are wild and free, like, you know, maybe as we were when we were little children, you know, where everything, everything was possible, you know, that there was um, an infinity of, of, of exploration, of curiosity, to come back to that word again. And, and you also mentioned that that wildness is, you know, not out of control wildness, it's, it's nature is goodness, right? It's nature is um, infinite divine order, if you like, you know, every, everything's mm -hmm. unfolding um, as, it, as it should, maybe. I hate to use the word should, but, uh, you know, as it's meant to be, you know, it's, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a harmony to it. Yes. Um, yeah, it is like the, the innocence of, of being a child. It's like we haven't yet um, uh, conformed or given ourselves, given our allegiance to the matrix of social, cultural, um, psychological conditioning. It, it begins in childhood at some point, but right. it's, not, it's not as dense and this wildness is freedom from the matrix of conditioning, which means that our allegiance is given to a deeper authority than the authority that is given from that matrix of conditioning. <laughs> yeah? And that's um, the very word I was going to uh, reference to the, the, that you talk about authority, your own inner authority. Um, you, you, we recognize people who are speaking from their own authority because they're very different from people who, who have learned something you know elsewhere and it may be good stuff it might be truth but but it's different when you when you're speaking it from your own inner authority you know the sermon on the mount uh, ends with uh, the disciples saying um, oh my goodness you know this guy is different from the others he speaks from his own authority mm -hmm. and uh, you know because that's what he trusts himself enough he understands the the permeable nature of his uh, being right that's filled yes. with the light and love of god um and and so we're attracted to people like that i think you know yes. who, who are beginning to speak from from their own and, and that's true of any of us i think sometimes you know if, when you're sick and tired and haven't and can't stand it anymore and you speak your truth it can be a shock to the the other person in the room you know it, it's like whoa wait a minute uh, we're not playing a game anymore this person has gone beyond that uh, that game and, and is speaking from the heart you know and you have to pay attention when that happens right because you you're you're in touch with somebody that's that's come to their core that come to their heart yes and and this and this truth uh and this authority yeah the authority that comes from from truth is on a continuum so there's uh, an ongoing discovery of that or uncovering of that so we can speak our personal truth and that personal truth that's the beginning of honesty um, and not needing to please the other or conform to the other or um, pretend or hide or whatever it is 
in order to be accepted or approved of, which is the social conditioning um, and the parental condi conditioning. Uh, so we can start to speak our truth or find out what our truth is through this um, inward journey of self-honesty and then speaking that truth or expressing that truth. So that's kind of one level of truth, which is more on the personal level. And then we can go deeper and deeper and deeper until we discover in uh, the deepest, in the innermost, uh, a truth that is beyond any anything personal, the truth of um, open awareness, the truth of um, openness, which isn't uh, a final conclusion, but an ongoing permeability, like you said, that brings us into godness. Yeah, it's the truth, right. the truth of God, and then and then that that's the place that Jesus is speaking from. Yeah, right. Um, it, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the old translation is you you, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And that's a tough one for many people. I got to be perfect now. But uh, I think a more modern translation is wholeness. You know, you must be whole or complete as, as your heavenly father is complete. And, I, and you talk about that as love as wholeness. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about here. You, you are the whole, you are the whole, you, you are life itself, right? So you are whole and complete. It's, it's not a question of, um, I'm demanding that you become perfect. It's simply, a, it's, it's an invitation to remember who you are already, right? You are, yes. you are already this whole ball of wax. You, you are already life itself. That's so just right. relax into it and, and um, discover it, be curious about it and, and, and live the, the, the joyous life that comes from, from that awareness. Yes, uh, because life is always in a state of uh, uh, movement or evolution. Life isn't static. Yeah? There's always something growing and something dying, something birthing itself, yeah, uh, in every aspect of life. So where is the, um, you can't say that's a perfect state in the sense of the way the mind wants to interpret perfection, a final state of perfection. Right. Um, but it is, it's a kind of perfect imperfection. It's always flowing, it's organic, it's always growing, it's always evolving. Um, and that includes everything, but yeah, the birth, the death, the, 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 the sacred, the profane, the, the beauty and the ugliness, all, all of it, all of it is, is the dark, the light. And so wholeness is the uh, absolute acceptance of that which means there's nothing more to seek. You don't need to seek more perfection for yourself. You don't need to seek more perfection for the life that is being lived through you. Like you say, you are life. You're not separate from that. You're not, you're not, right. a, you. you're not a, a you trying to create a perfect life that creates the split between the ego self and the, the, um, uh, you know the essential life that's being lived through you um you're no longer permeable then then you're a kind of uh, there's a rigidity or a boundary between you and life and that's the source or the cause of suffering psychological suffering when that 
barrier, when that boundary dissolves and there is no more you and life, you are life. And isn't that what Jesus said? I am life. Right. Then, then everything is perfect, if you want to use that word, but everything is as it is. And in right. that is peace, and in that is love, and in that is light, and in that is, is uh, freedom. And that's the kingdom of heaven that is always here, but we do not have eyes to see. Or ears to hear, right? And mm -hmm. I think listening is, is important as well. You talk about that too, you know, the ability just to, to be still and, and listen, to be attentive to the moment, you know, to, to listen to yourself, but also to others, but to, to whatever shows up at any given time, right? There's, there's wonders to experience in the ordinary if we would, but, you know, be, be quiet and listen for a while. We're so mm -hmm. filled up with distraction. It's really hard to stay fresh, right? It's, it's like the manna in the desert, you know, when the Jews uh, put the, the manna in their Tupperware overnight and to, to, so they could have some more manna in the morning. They opened the Tupperware. I don't think they had Tupperware. But <laughs> never mind. Um, they opened the Tupperware and uh, it, it was spoiled, you know, um, because you can't keep it. It's fresh. It, it has to be fresh every moment. Um, and I think we do this even on the spiritual path. You know, it's a little bit like spiritual materialism. Uh, we are practicing the presence. And I, I, you talk about that, too. You can't really practice the presence. You, you, are, you either are the presence or you're not. Um, yes. <laughs> and we, we have these words that, that sort of sum it up for us, but they could become barriers too. you know, I'm mindful or I'm, I'm in the presence and um, practicing the presence. And the, there's other terms. Uh, any term can be any any term of truth can become a barrier. Right. Once we codify it and say this is what it is, because that's not what we're talking about here, is it? It's um, it, the, the mind can co-opt it in a way and, and start using it and then you've lost it. That's that's exactly it. It's the tendency to take ownership of every experience, uh, uh, whether it's a felt sense experience, whether it's a practice that we, we do, a spiritual practice, whether it's a concept, an idea, a philosophy, a thought, <laughs> everything, everything can be co-opted, taken ownership by the mind that yeah. is acquisitive that's the acquisitive mind which is the ego mind the, yeah that the mind that wants to compartmentalize to categorize that's acquisition of experience and that's very useful and necessary when we're performing a task yeah <laughs> that requires that kind of uh, skill or tool so it's not about throwing that away it can never be thrown away but when we're talking about um, just meeting life rather than uh, uh, performing or, or needing to to do a, to do something a skill like uh, sitting at your computer and doing your taxes or whatever um, uh, or doing some research um, or driving a car or, or whatever um, in meeting life and in meeting ourselves and in meeting each other that particular faculty of mind is absolutely useless and a big impediment to the freedom, joy and aliveness and truth of, of, of life itself uh, and of ourselves. So, yes, to, to, to listen is to, um, to 
become sensitive to that mechanism, to that tendency. And to live the the integrated life, you know, you talk about the, there used to be a restaurant on, on the ashram, Rajneesh ashram called Zorba the Buddha, and uh, I noticed you used those image, images, uh, Zorba being a humanness in, in its full exuberance of being human, and then Buddha is the, you know, the enlightened, the divine, and and bringing the two together, right, uh, Zorba the Buddha together, you, you're in, integrating both aspects, uh, and you become therefore a master of life, right? Because you're, you're, you're um, walking that delicate balance, that razor's edge. I think you you mentioned it in the book as a razor's edge, between those two. Um, but luckily, there's a lightness to our step, right? When we're in this, uh, this curious, joyous place. And so it's it's okay. We can walk that razor's edge. Mm. It's uh, we, we have to be careful there that that uh, that what we're talking about here, the Zorba, the Buddha, is, as a metaphor, is right. not take is not taken as um, well. I'm a human being and I'm living the you know the kind of normal <laughs> uh, human life. Right. I'm integrating my spiritual uh, spirituality by doing the practices and knowing my Buddha nature and this. Uh, it's not really yeah. on that level because that's still the, yeah. the, the divided state. What I, what Osho uh, refers to and what I refer to by Zorba the Buddha is that first, first, we have to wake up out of the dream of me, out of the dream of personhood out of the dream of ego self. That's true awakening, it's the foundation, the realization of true self, the realization of who I am. Yeah? That has yes. to be fundamental. That's a death of the ego, that's a death of the self. That's the end of separation. And then, yeah, because very often in awakening it stops there, or there's an attempt to stop there, and that creates problems. But then from that place, we allow the human, the human vehicle, the, the sacred geometry of who we are, the, the relative to be included in that. Yeah? Yes, thank you for clarifying that because it's a subtle but an important clarification isn't it because mm -hmm. it's too easy to to think we can juggle these two and make it all work you know because that's again part of the the game you know <laughs> that we're we're pretending to be something that we're we're not really mm -hmm. um i want to tell people about next week's show but after that i'd love you to spend a couple of minutes just the last couple of minutes uh, sharing something that uh, a practice perhaps or an approach um, that, that people can use uh, this week. And, and uh, so next week I talk with author Vera Lopez, um, who's co-written a, a wonderful book um, with Linda Starr-Wolf entitled Shamanic Mysteries of Peru, The Heart Wisdom of the High Andes. So we'll take a look at that next week. Um, but now we have about a minute or so, minute and a half, um, would you, would you give us something that you've given us a lot, obviously, already, but uh, something particular that we can maybe um, look at this week? Well, you ask a very difficult question there. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Because I, 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 I don't, um, 
what I the work that I do and the teaching doesn't actually offer like practices that. as such. Yes. Um, I, so I knew I'm, when I would use yeah. that word practice. I made a mistake. <laughs> but what Sorry. can I what could I yeah. offer here? I mean I'm everything's been offered. Yeah. Everything's been offered in this conversation. Well, not everything, but a, a lot has been offered in this conversation. Perhaps the invitation to to be tender towards one experience, to start to notice. Yeah, it's right. a sensitivity where we operate in our everyday experience with a tight fist, you know, a clenched fist. That clenched fist is is the argument, the argument with our own feeling, the argument with our own experience. Yeah, well, we can start to become sensitive to that. And, and then what? And then when you notice that 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 resistance, that argument that saying, no, I don't want this. I don't want to feel like this. That's one of the important ones is to say to actually consciously say, yes, yes, I am feeling like this. Why am I fighting reality? I am feeling like this. And am I willing to just allow this feeling? Discover, is it going to kill you? (laughs) Suppressed feelings kill us. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, very good. So, yeah. Forgive me for trying to insinuate you into a practice, <laughs> but I think what you gave us is very helpful and um, something we can all work on in, in these times where there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of holding our hands tight and instead of, you know, that open invitation, that, that openness to the, to, the, to the universe, which I think is, is, is a wonderful thing to practice. So, uh, Amoda Ma, thank you so much for being on today's show. What a, what a special pleasure it's been. My pleasure, too. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening, folks. I uh, hope you can join us next week. Have a good week. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.